it's exciting when the church wants to sing more. <laughs> God is God is good. Isn't it isn't amazing to witness uh, temperature changes um, and um, to know that God made our bodies so strong uh, that we can we can handle so many more things than we ever imagined we could. It is great to see you here tonight. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've done. You made us. You've you've blessed us and you gave us your great salvation. Jesus came down and died that we may live the complete and only propitiation, the satisfaction of that sacrifice that is acceptable to you to be the sacrifice for the entire world. Every man that's ever lived on the face of the earth, from Adam to the last man that will ever live, your love and your grace and your mercy extends that far, from as far as the east is to the west. Thank you for blessing us. Tonight as we worship you, please give us the mindset that we desire, and that is to be in reverent fear of your name. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. And thank thee if it be thy will. Amen. When we see Jesus, what do you see? When we read about Jesus, what do you, what do you see? And so, so the question that came up was, show us the Father. And, and, and that's enough. And, and Jesus says, when you see me, you've seen the Father. We'll get there in, in just a moment. John 5 and verse 36. Jesus says, but the witness which I have is greater than that of John. For the works which the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Just just watch what I do. John 10. Watch the works. And the works demonstrate, exemplify the Father. John 10 and verse 37. The Bible says, If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. So imagine now, John 14. Imagine seeing, if you will, being in the presence of Jesus and seeing the resurrection of Lazarus. Does that not demonstrate enough? I think the question tonight is, what else could God do for us personally? This is a very personal question. What else could God do to help me to be a better Christian? What else could God show me to help me to be a better person? What will it take for God to really transition me to that person that, that I desire to be, to be the man and woman and child that God expects of me? The question is asked in verse 7, and we're going to pick this up in verse 6. Jesus said to him, John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So here's Jesus' teaching, his statement. And so I looked at Jesus and I recognized that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But what else could the way, the truth, and the life, the only way, what else could God do for me? What do I need for God to do for me to transform my mind? 
And what I mean by that is to allow him to transform my mind. You know that resistant spirit that I have? Like, I'll go this far, God, but not all the way. I'm just not ready for that yet. You know the song we sing, you know, some of thee and, you know, some of me. And how do I get to the all of me or all of thee and none of me and get rid of the all of me and none of thee? Verse 7, Jesus says this, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough. When we see the love of Jesus on earth being treated so horribly and yet the amazing amount of love and compassion and mercy and care that he showed. Do we not see the Father? So what was it that Philip was looking for? Turn to Isaiah, please, chapter 66. And I wonder, like, what am I looking for? As we're going out into the world and, and we're trying to uh, teach them Jesus, what exactly are people looking for? Like, if God came back and, and well, look at the, he was huge, massive, whoa, is that what we're looking for? We have to see something with our eyes and say, well, that's enough. You've shown me that, God, and that's enough. Do we need that? In Isaiah 66, in verse 1, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me and where is a place that I may rest? And so imagine, imagine if, God's, if the earth is God's footstool, how big is God? <laughs> right? He goes, is that what I need to see? Is that what I need to, to hear? Is that what I need to know? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. You, you hear the word of God and you respond accordingly. Is that what I need? Do I need to see some big manifestation in the flesh? Job chapter, Job chapter 40. He made the universe. He, he created all that we can see. And then, and then you think about when you're maybe younger and you're growing up, he made the, the dinosaur. Do I need to see the big dinosaur and get the lesson of Job that if God can make such big, huge, massive animals, is that what I need to believe and see the Father? Job 40 in verse 6. The text says, And the Lord answered Job out of the storm and said, Now gird your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and, and, and you instruct me. Is that what I need? A massive storm? And then God says, Here I am. Is that what I need to believe in Jesus? Will you really annoy my judgments? Will you condemn me that you may be justified? Or do you have an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like His? Do I need God to like, specifically point me out and, and talk to me? Do I still need that Job experience right, to really, truly believe? Show us the Father and, and that's enough. Is that what, I, what do I need? What does God need to give me or do for me? In Job 41, beginning of verse 1, wow, what if I just 
God, if I just saw this animal, right, can you draw out the Leviathan with a fish hook? Or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many supplications to you? Or will he speak to you with soft words? Will he make a covenant with you? Will he take... Will you take him for a servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you bind him for madness or maidens? Will the traders bargain over him? Will they divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. Behold, your expectation is false. Will you be laid low even at the sight of him? No one is so fierce that he dares to arouse him. Who then is he who can stand before me? Who has given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. What if the Leviathan were still here? Well, you know, we would send our airplanes and we would bomb him and try to kill him, right? That's just the pride of humanity. Is that what I need? Show me the Father. And then, you know, God, show, do this for me in my life today. And then that, that's enough, right? Philip says, show us the Father. That's all you need to give us. It's just... And yet, though Philip made that statement, and Jesus gives him the corresponding answer, and has given him the answer time and time again, yet at the cross, the night of the scene, in the Garden of Gethsemane, they all left. Job 41, verse 25. When he raised himself up, the mighty fear, because of the crashing, they are bewildered. The sword that reaches him cannot avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. 32. Behind him he makes a wake to shine. One would think deep to be the gray-haired. Nothing on earth is like him. One made without fear. He looks at everything that is high. He's the king over all the sons of pride. Is that what I, I mean? Is that what I need? I just need something really big, like in the water. And just, if I could just see that, the swells behind him and in front of him, if I could just, if I could just see that, that would, that would be enough for me to transform or change. That's where I, is that what I need? Psalm 33. When I, when I read the Bible, when I read God's Word, and I'm, I'm, I'm allowing the Word to speak to me and, and transform me, and I'm allowing, I'm allowing God, if you will, to make Himself known, am, am I looking for something I can physically see, or do I walk by faith and not by sight? What do I need? Show us the Father. And that's enough. Psalm 33 and verse 6. The Bible says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his nostrils, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the, the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it, and it stood fast. And so by the word of his power, he holds it and he spoke it into existence. Okay, God, let me see that, and then that's enough, and then I'll believe. In, is that what I need? Isaiah 45. What do you need tonight to 
to find the the belief and the and the and the trust and the hope and what is it what is it going to take to build in you that amazing strength and service to the Lord to say God first and me last Isaiah forty five and verse eighteen for thus says the Lord who created the heavens He is God who formed the earth and made it He established it and did not create it a waste place but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Do I have to go to the moon? <laughs> right? Do I have to go to the moon and then try to find life just to prove that the verse is true, that God made the earth and the universe to sustain the earth so that it could be inhabited? Do I need to go somewhere else? Just to, What do I need? Show me the Father, and that's enough. So maybe, maybe Philip was... Turn back to Exodus 33. Maybe Philip was reversing in his mind. He was going back to the Old Testament. And he was like, okay, all right, all right. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know this, that the Father is, is amazing. And if I could see the Father, that would be good enough like Moses. Moses said, show me your glory, right? And so verse 18, is that what I need? Verse 18, and Moses said, I pray thee, uh, show me thy glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. Okay, can I just see that? Jesus said, if, if you've seen me, you've seen that. In fact, he gives us more information in John chapter 1, and he, he tries to explain to us that no one has seen God, and no one can see God, except for God himself. Me. John 1 and verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. And so Jesus here even calls himself God and says, I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to show you God. I'm trying to show you who who we are, or who I am. What do I, what do I need? Psalm, Psalm 19, please. The manifestations of, of the glory of God come in, in so many, so many different uh, ways. And we can see God's glory. And, and Israel saw all these things. They saw the miraculous. They lived in the days of the miraculous. But even Israel doubted, right? And then, and then Satan was just full of pride, wasn't he? In heaven itself, there's no faith in heaven. God's right there, right? And somehow, in the mind of Satan, there was this, this idea. You know, I think uh, we, can, we can take God. <laughs> what was he thinking about, right? But even we sometimes think that, right? I mean, look at some of our shows, some of our movies they advertise. You know, we can be God. We can, we're always saving the world. Never God, it's always humanity that saves the world. No, that's God who does that. And there's nothing man can do to save the world, right? Or the planet. The Bible tells us clearly the earth's going to wear out, and yet we're trying to save it. We're spending millions of dollars to save what's going to wear out. It's wearing out because God said it would. What will it take for us just to believe that? Just to believe your God, right? For me to allow God to transform my mind. And when we recognize and we realize and we surrender to what God has promised us, to what God has told us, 
and we allow God's word to enter into our hearts, the word of God is transformational. It's amazing what God will do to you if you just let him. You have to let him. But you know what happens? We start feeling weird. You start feeling like you don't belong here. You don't. No, this is, we're just passing through. We're like the, the heroes of faith where you're looking at this world and this earth and you're realizing I'm just, I'm just passing through. My home is up there, wherever it is in the world or universe. It's out there somewhere. Wherever God is is where I want to be. And in Psalm 19, you look to the sun, the moon, the stars, and what we can see now with the telescopes and and then we can look at a microscope and we can see the unseen things and we're just absolutely amazed and mesmerized at it. All of those things are doing what God designed for them to do. Right? The sun is still giving its light by the day and the, the moon by the night and the stars that are there and, and the atmospheric pressure and all these things are still working just the way God ordained them to. DNA has not changed. We try, we think about it. Right? The world today is in this crazy form of transition into, you know, what are we, right? But nothing's changed. It's all still exactly the way God promised it would be. What more do I need? I don't, I don't know. For God to, to transform me because I let him. I allow him in. I can look into the sky. Verse 1 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge, and there is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end of them. There is nothing hidden from its heat. And every day and every night, they're doing what God ordained them to do. <laughs> and we're blessed because of it. What more do we need? If you don't believe me, believe the works, believe the sun, believe, believe what you see. Should I believe what I see and what I know to be true? Or should I just, should I just not? I need more, right? I need more. Like, I just, there's never enough, is there? Verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect. If you understand the first section, you definitely can get this. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Wait, let me do that again. The law of the Lord is perfect, and look at what it does. God's Word is the only thing that's been given to us on earth that can restore us. It's restoring the soul. And then verse 8, the precepts of the Lord are right, and they should bring rejoicing in our hearts. You read the Bible and you go, thank you, God, for you are incredible. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening our eyes. God opens our eyes to see what's there, the reality of everything that is true. And the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is, is what is clean, enduring forever, right? 
and just keeps us doing the right thing. Show us the Father. God says, look to the heavens. Look at the sun, the moon, the stars. Think about the miracles. Read about the miracles that Jesus performed. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous all together. What else? What else do I need? John, John 14, please. Jesus responding to Philip's question, his concern, his, his thought. When he said, show us the Father. Jesus responds in a way that is almost, you kind of wonder. I, I, don't understand, I don't know, because out of the Greek text, it doesn't give us the, it doesn't give us the emotion, right? In this, is, is the emotion, listen to what he says. He says, Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? I mean, is that the way Jesus is saying that? It kind of sounds like, you know, Numbers 14, 11, How long will those people not believe in me? After all the things I've done, all the miracles? It kind of sounds like when Jesus, in Matthew 23, Jesus says, you know, Oh, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. But you would not. You were unwilling. And so he looks to Philip, and is his expression... Is it, is it like that? Is it, is it disappointment? Is it, is it um, you know, what exactly is Jesus feeling when he says this? Philip, Philip, have I been so long with you and yet you've not, you've not come to know me? You don't know me yet, Philip? After all that I've done, you, you've been a witness to everything I've done over the last whatever number of years and you still don't know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? And maybe it's, maybe there's a, some of that, some of that sadness. I don't know what the expression of Jesus is in this text, but I can imagine you and I, you know, if we're talking to a loved one and they say, you know, I don't, I don't and they're questioning and you go, how, how long have you been with me and yet, you don't know me. There's a song out. If you don't know me by now, you'll never know me, right? I mean, what is it going to take for you to get to know me? And I think what I think what it is, I think part of it, maybe I think the majority of it, it's a heart issue. When are you going to let God in, right? How long am I going to resist what I know to be right, I know to be true, and just not really let God in to my to my heart? How long have you been with me, Philip? And you still don't know me? And then in verse 10, he goes on and says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me? Remember last, well, some time ago, last week, some time ago I showed you, all the times Jesus taught that I and the Father are one. He already taught the lesson. But it's like they missed that day of school. They weren't listening. They weren't believing. And in verse 10 again, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Wow. So Jesus says, I'm not, I'm not doing this on my own. No, it's the Father in me. John 1.14. John 1.14. You've you read it. We've read it a thousand times times over, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. 
Wow. Uh, the very thought that the self-existent one would come down on the earth and then would take on the form of flesh and dwell amongst us. Wow. I mean, do you believe that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Do you believe that? Philip, haven't you understood? Haven't you figured it out? The Father and His wisdom, holiness, goodness, and truth, all of that is exemplified. All of that is seen in Jesus. That glory, that amazing glory of the Father is exemplified in Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. What more do you need? Colossians 2 and verse 9. All the fullness. It was the Father's good will that all the fullness should dwell in Jesus. All of it. What more, what more do we need? So let's look at John 14. Jesus has come to us. And he has revealed to us everything that we need to know from the Godhead. And there's nothing else that God is going to reveal. The only other thing that God is going to reveal is one day it's all going to be over. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And, and then we're either going to be, I always you know, think of it in this way, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is the way I see it. We're either going to be looking up or looking down. <laughs> right? You know, Jesus is going to come in the clouds, First Thessalonians chapter 4, and, and then every, you know, the Bible tells us that makes all the dead in Christ arise first, and then we'll meet him in the clouds, and so either we're, we're going to be like, whoa, wow, that's just amazing, and we're looking down, and there are folks still on the earth, haven't been resurrected, been, yeah, or we're going to be looking up going, oh, wait, you forgot me. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's not quite like that, but I sure want to be with Jesus. How about you? What more do I need, though, for God to, to transform me? I mean, he wants to, he's willing, but am I able? Meaning, am I willing in my heart? The, the soul, the spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Am I still just so captivated by the flesh that I'm losing out on what God has in store for me, for the soul? In John 14 and verse 10, the text, again, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does His works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Otherwise, believe on account of the works themselves. So here it is, church. Either Jesus, and I say this reverently to make, it a, make a point, was a lunatic and a liar. Oh, he's a 100% the truth. And you and I know he's 100% the truth. And since we know that, the question is, will we let him have us? That's the question. Will we let him have us? No more of me, just all of thee. And listen to his prayer. In John 17, beginning at verse 20. 
I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that thou didst send me. If we could tell them what we know about Jesus, and not just tell them, if we can show them what we know and what we believe to cause bewilderment in their minds, for them to say, what is it about this God that makes you live the way and love the way and think the way that you do? Then we can show them Jesus and show them the Father through the written word. And he goes on to say, and the glory which thou hast given me, wow, wow, I've given to, to them? Have you seen it yet? The glory, have you seen it yet? That they may be one just as we are one. I want you to think about that glory. I in them, thou in me, that they may be perfected in unity, that the world may know that thou didst send me and didst love them even as thou didst love me. Father, I desire that they also may, uh, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, in order that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou didst love me before the foundation of the world. What more do I have to see? God, show us the Father. Or maybe... At this point in our Christian walk, we can say, I've seen the Father, and that's enough. Because I'm, I've seen Jesus. I'm getting to know Jesus. I know Jesus, but I'm getting to know Jesus even more. Are we really getting to know Jesus? Are we spending the time to get to know Jesus so that we can know the Father and be blessed eternally? And then, allow Jesus not only to show us the glory, but to allow us to participate in that glory. Have you seen it? Have you seen him? That's the question I leave with you tonight. If you're not a child of God, we encourage you to become one, to surrender to God in the waters of baptism. If you're struggling in your faith, then we can pray with you or pray for you. If there's anything we can do, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.